Hello and welcome to the best episode of West Underground. Today, we have none other than Jack Hughes joining us and he is now a West Underground host. So give it up for Jack Hughes. I'm going to applaud myself. I am Jack Hughes. Hi, hey, Michelle. The bloody hell are you? Any big things happen this week? <laughs> oh, man. Man, uh, you know, a man doesn't kiss and tell. I want to know all your dirty little exploits. Oh, man. That's the, uh, if you subscribe to the Patreon, which is coming very soon, you will hear yeah, all is. about our dirty little exploits. <laughs> you can, I, Friday, will, I will create Friday Club. <laughs> Amish's dirty little black book. So it's coming your so, way. Uh, I want to say to you, thank you for having me aboard. No and worries, Congratulations man. on 100,000 little viewers. Little viewers ah. on there, on the YouTube. Thank you, man. It's a lot. The man, I was thinking today in my head, 100,000 people. What is the capacity of Wembley Stadium? About 82,000. So, man, when you put it into context of like it's 100,000 people, that's like Wembley Stadium full and 20,000 poor people that couldn't get into the stadium standing outside in there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and then when you think of it like in that scale, it's it's fucking huge. But when you see it on YouTube, it's on the page and stuff. Like I thought, yeah, if you hit a- I, I know what you, I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. See, I I'm not a very excitable person. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, but uh, no, the hundred thousand. It's a hundred thousand people, man. Yeah. Do you know a hundred thousand people? No, Judith. You don't, so that's why it's important. It is important, but it's like, I don't know 100,000 people, but they know me now, which is a scary concept. Yeah. I was having that thought oh. as well. Have you thought about, like, a st- if you had a stalker? I want a stalker, man. I, I think if I get a stalker, then you know you've, then you know where you know things are. You 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 suddenly get into the Elvis level, man. If you start getting a few stalkers, <laughs> you know, I think that's when you know you've made it when you've got a stalker, man. I've always just thought Elvis, you know, wore tight leather suits and lived in Graceland, and as you know, he had stalkers. That's what made him. The devil in disguise. That's all it, the man. bloody stalkers. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle stalkers. I don't know if my day-to-day life would be interesting enough for someone to be lurking in the bushes. Yeah, look, I think I would be like John Lennon with it, man. Like, I think if I had a stalker, I'd be like... Hopefully not too much like him. Yeah, you raise a good point. I... <laughs> R.I.P. J.L. Yes. Oh, oh man, I sorry, I didn't think of that. I just recently watched the video where where he's got these people coming and camping on his lawn and he comes out the front of it and he's just really kind of humble with it. And he's like, I'm quite like a living in a quite a normal life, <laughs> other than like I write a few songs and do all this kind of stuff. But the rest of it's pretty much just like you and me. And I think I think if you had a stalker, I wonder how long they I wonder if they would just be completely mental and just like stalk you until, you know, like and and wouldn't care that your life is kind of main like a bit mundane behind the scenes, you know. Or if they would come and stalk you for a couple of days and be like, You're really fucking bored. Yeah, my 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 concern would be that the stalker is a bit like, I've got other things to do, you know, and I'll be like, come on. Come on, yeah. <laughs> sit with me, 
sit with me. Let me tell you about what happened to me when I was a child. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he, if he's particularly like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I think, man. I think I'd let them in and then they would probably go, oh, yeah, he's, can I leave now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I think Paul would, Paul would deal very well with a stalker. Yeah, I think I think Paul would love it. Paul just needs someone to go out with him seven nights a week, you know. Yeah. Paul could make them his designated driver. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like I find it very weird when people compliment you on your success. Like there's a couple of people like you want to talk about it that are in your immediate circle, right? that are like people that are part of whatever you're doing, right? If you have a band and your band's successful, then you want to talk about it with the people that are in your band, right? Or maybe the people that yeah. are just around it. But when other people from like other areas of life start talking about it, it makes me feel very uncomfortable and I don't know why. For example? For example, right, if you've got a day job and you're suddenly doing well, right, you know, and people start knowing about like this podcast, for example, and then you go to other fields of life where you may have family or something and then, or, or not uh, like extended family or, or people that, you know, you just kind of know through some kind of life circumstances and they're like, Oh, here comes Mr. West underground, you know, or something like that. It, it just, <laughs> it, it just, it, you just don't know what to respond to it. And they want to talk to you about it, but they want to talk about it in a way where it's kind of like, Oh, it's you, whatever, you know, and it just makes it, it just, I don't know how to approach that. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, man. Hey, wait, 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 wait until you hear about Uber. It's going to blow your mind. Oh man. I, I, to be honest, I, as long as I have a driver, who goes the speed limit. I think I'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever offer them money to, to get there a bit quicker? Have you ever done that before? Oh, <sighs> No, I would. I only only thing I do is I am very. I know when they're going to try to take a longer route, and I like stop. Yeah, it. probably that's take the you in the toll. Yeah, I'm never like here's an extra fifty. I I jumped one. in an Uber once. Jumped in an Uber once, and I was like, follow that car. And he was like, that's not how this works, man. <laughs> you put your destination in prior to the journey, and I get you there. Yeah. Doesn't really have the same effect in real life as the films as a Hamish. No, man, not unless you're getting a cab. Always wanted to do that. Oh, that car. I feel like with Paul having a, a newly designated stalker driver, do you think if he could go out eight days a week now, he would? Man, I already think he is living eight days a week at the moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, animal, animal. So how does it make you feel getting 100,000 viewers? Look, I thought when it would happen, like something would change, like YouTube would give me a firework or something or like a big spark, a big bang would go off on something and, and change. But you realize that doesn't happen. And I was a bit sad. Quite the pyromania, that. aren't you? Famous? Yeah, I do love a firework. but uh, I just you know. want it to be loud and noisy. Yeah, I just wanted to open up YouTube and it's like, you know. But I, I wish YouTube would start doing that because it'd make you feel more rewarding. It was like, oh my God, the fireworks went off. Um, but 
I thought like this is this is surreal because I think you set goals for yourself with whatever you do. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. if you if you put out a song and you put it on Spotify, then you want people to listen to it and you want to get a thousand streams and then you want to get, I don't know, two thousand yeah. streams, so on and so on and so on. So when you hit a number that you were like one day I'm I want to get a hundred thousand views and then you do it, it's kind of like, well, it feels good because you've accomplished something that you set out a goal to, I suppose, yeah. do and get get a medium platform for what you what you wanted to do and create a medium for music that didn't exist before but it it also felt a bit it uh, it felt like okay now we've got to set the next goal you know what i mean like yeah i think it's so so important to set goals as well man like and to tick things you know you know when you were you were a kid and your parents would have like a holiday to do list you know clean the bedrooms empty out the fridge yeah make sure the kids get on holiday in time those those little mundane to-do lists but you need to kind of do that with your goals but like realistic ones as well like where can we be in a in six months time you know yeah how can we make anything like that happen yeah I, I know what you mean, and and it's and it's changing my outlook on things too. Because sometimes you you see billionaires, and you're like, why do you want to keep making billions of dollars? You've got more money than anybody else on earth. And I don't think it actually comes down to the money. Do you know what I mean? Like I've I've had this yeah. realization recently where I think it just comes down to beating your previous best. It's just like you mm-hmm. want to beat your current record or your current. Um, you you know whatever you've done so far, you want to always one up it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just in life, like if you go to university, then you know you can either you can start working and then you can start making more money and go to your mark, whatever. I, I think it just comes down to you know humans just you know wanting to wanting to work in some kind of medium and on what what they what they love really. Yeah. Also. To like to, to to have passions, and that's why you're doing it. Like I, I feel like an Elon Musk and a Bill Gates and even a Zuckerberg. You know, from their inception, from from it all, really, their their genesis is to have an idea and to make it as good as they can to try yeah. and like you know, revolutionize in whatever field they want to do it. And then like have you seen Facebook with the metaverse? Yeah. Right. I, I know I know what he's trying to do and I, I love the, the concept of it. But there's other things to be fixed in the world yeah. before having, you know, your pretend life on yeah. the internet, you know? I, I feel like I feel like a lot of it is at the beginning, it is all goals and how can we do this? And But then it is just the maintaining of it all, you know? Yeah. Because, like, what are they really chasing? I so don't... I suppose when they do go to space, they're going to space because that's the unknown. That's the great beyond. So yeah. That's why they're doing it. Yeah. But I, I think I think for most people, like for i think for elon's case it's certainly certainly different i think he wants to wants to kind of um you know fulfill some kind of 
you know, I think he he sees it. He's thinking, you know, hundreds of years in the in the future, and just kind of setting up the you know the the stepping stones to go, you know, to 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 another planet and conquer that because it makes a lot of sense, you know, like. You look how, um, you know, uh, fragile the planet is, you know, if we go to war or something like that and drop a couple of bombs, like we, we, we can destroy the people can destroy the planet with an, with a click of a button, you know, yeah. and having the, having the ability to be able to, you know, have an other colony of people just is, you know, a bit of insurance on the human race as a species, but for, for Bezos, you know, for Jeff Bezos, I, I feel like his case is a little bit more, a little bit more sinister. And that man just needs to take up golf, you know, like, or take up another hobby. I think he's just got a dick. That man like- hates libraries. He hates the libraries. Bezos loves tight trousers. Have you seen, he started to dress a bit like Pitbull. <laughs> yeah, I have actually. He's like Mr. Worldwide. Mm. Bezos is going for it. You were saying before how fragile the earth is. You know, yeah. it's no surprise. Us all, our, our, our community thing now, our common unity is that we're all fragile human beings. You know, even the Earth's had enough, man. Yeah. Even the Earth's having more bad days than good days, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. But um, look, look, there's uh, you know, there's 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 hope for everything, man. I I feel like I I I feel like there's enough good people out there to try and reset things. I have hope in people, you know. I know there's a lot of you know there there are bad you know and corrupt people out there with corrupt agendas, but I think there's enough of you know good people out there to kind of balance things out. But also, when you were talking about um, you know, like fragile fragile people and you know, things like that. I suppose, man, you know, we're, we're products of the earth, aren't we? So we're, we're, you know, we're mm. fragile by nature to some degree. So I'm going to ask you this when there's 200,000 viewers. And I want, I want, I want you to just say, I just want you to say the Noel Gallagher thing. I'm yeah. a happy no one more, 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 more. No, look, I, I am, I like to, to Jack, I am happy, but I also realize the yeah. importance of, of, of going further and, and, and pushing this further as well, because if we do, mm. and we all kind of come together, then, you know, we can, I, I feel like me, especially musicians have been like fucked over so hard in, in the world at the moment. And I feel like music has less of a value than it ever has in pro- like previous years. Like, look, if you look behind me, I, over my shoulder, I've got, you know, there's, there's stacks of vinyl records and there's heaps on the other side. And I mean, like, you know, the value of music used to be you would go and you would spend, you know, a couple dollars of your pay, which would only be like, you know, a couple hundred dollars, maybe if you're lucky. Mm. And then you would take that and you'd go buy something that had a nice artwork on it and you'd get a you know, big black, you know, compact vinyl disc. And you'd put that on and you would sit there and listen to it. And it would, you know, mean a lot more than what it does today when you still do the same amount of effort, but put it up on Spotify and it goes into a playlist with a bunch of other people's songs and the value seems to be not quite as much, Mm. you know, it doesn't seem to hold. Do you think, you know, since the, the time of vinyl and then even it, you know, even like to the to, to CDs, when you would put that in, or you, you know, you drop the needle down on your vinyl, 
you're putting your tape in, your little tape, or you've got your Walkman. Say you're listening to an album. Say you're... What are you listening to a lot at the minute? I'm, I'm, I've been listening to lots of music because from... I need, I, I need, for this point, I need, like, a new, a newer band in the last five years whose album you listen to on Spotify. For an, an, a whole album? Like a yeah. whole album I've been... And I bet you don't to. even... I bet you... What are you even listening to? Uh, let's just say I've been listening to that Bruno Mars record that he put out recently. The okay. Sonic one. Okay. Well, when you would... Uh, so my guess is you haven't listened to that album all the way through? I have. Have you? Yeah, many times. That's oh, the well, only one. Screw me and screw this idea but, then. But that is the only one that I could think of okay, that I have done. Okay, that. okay. Let's pretend Bruno Mars has not brought out this amazing record. My my point is, and this is this is coming from me personally, it's very hard to listen to something from start to finish. Whereas when it was when you were in the car and you'd put that CD in, or you had it in your Walkman, or it was your tape, or when you put a record on, it's it's such an effort, right, to go change that vinyl, I want to listen to the Beach Boys now, when yeah. you're already listening to an album. And I also, so I think it's an attention span thing, but also people don't make concept albums anymore. You know, like, we, so we we did a review of Peter Jackson's Get Back, which for anyone who's watching this, you'll be able to find on YouTube. It's quite good. Um, give that a watch, if you like. But, we, we, you know, on Abbey Road, where they have the Abbey Road medley, you know, where the yeah. songs are, me through the, and then the songs just boom, 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 boom. You can do that now. Because you, when you, when you're writing an album, you need to have four songs at least that are singles on it. Yeah, you know that's how it's geared. Whereas, if you had a couple of singles on it, but you were making this fantastic album, and you don't care if a song is six minutes or not, or twelve minutes if you're listening to a Zeppelin number, it's just different, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been having a theory about like concept albums and and making people listen to lo like longer albums and mm. just wondering how much would it help to if people put out their whole albums as one long piece of music like one long video and in that video you had a bunch of artwork that was all coherent and flowed throughout the whole thing and you had kind of a story which we had animated or you'd done with fancy lights or whatever, how you had you'd done it. And it was just all kind of coherent and flowed like, you know, um, a bit like how dancing shows flow. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> it's a fucking really good idea. Yeah. Like I just, I've been. Sorry, Hugh, I've just walked you and this, I'm sorry. But no, that's, that's an incredible idea. When you were talking, I was a bit like, stop it, Hamish. That's a really good idea. 
Yeah, I just wonder why people haven't done it before because I and I just wonder if it's a money thing and the finances of getting somebody to sit through and do that. But I mean, like, have you ever watched that Pink Floyd movie? Yeah, yeah. Like I watched that and 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 I'm like, that's really cool. I'm like, how'd they do that? You know, and then you're just getting taken on in these little kind of um uh, this little journey of of art and stuff like that, and you just kind of find yourself falling into it. And I wonder why. Mm. I, I saw Chance the Rapper, I think it was Chance the Rapper do something like that where he's in a room and it was lit up with lights and stuff like that. And you could and he very, very, very talented Chance the Rapper. Yeah. And very I, talented. I ended up watching this video because I think it was a couple of songs put together in this room. And I spent like nine minutes on this video before I realized I've been watching this video for nine minutes. I was just kind of falling into it. And I was like, that's what we should be doing, you know, more of this kind of stuff mm. where, you, where you put yourself in a, whatever your concept is, you either animate it or you find some kind of fancy light display or you sit in a barn with your acoustic guitar and you have a bunch of folk people and then it cuts to chickens running around while you're playing a song or something, you know. Just- oh, I can see it now. Yeah, I don't know, whatever you're going to. A horse, a horse in the background. <laughs> All but- of it, man. I think it has to, I think musicians have to kind of take on an extra talent of being, being a bit, bit, bit arty with it. Cause if you do, I feel like, and you, and you see it like that as a visual thing as well, and not just as an audio thing, then I think that's really clever. And I think that's where we'll have to have to head in some kind of direction. Do you, do you think the problem is So, like you mentioned, Pink Floyd, there, right? Arguably one of the most creative bands ever, right? It's hard. It's hard to say. Like when when Beach Boys and the Beatles were head to head with those albums, Floyd were doing that a bit later on, yeah. And some of their albums are just fantastic, man. And I feel like everything you just said then is such a concept that would have been in that time viewed as like groundbreaking then. Yeah. You know? Yeah, now I'm just wondering who, who could do it. I, I don't know if, I don't know if it's a obviously it's not a creativity problem because you know people will always have the same amount of creativity. Maybe no one's smoking as much weed and doing as much LSD as they might have used to. But maybe, like, if there's anyone listening to it, because I don't think I, I could use that idea. My songs are all too depressing. But I feel like if there's any college kids listening to this and you're you in sent, a band. You sent me a song the other day. You sent me a song the other day and I tried to put some animations together and I was like, I could see this one, the doctor. The Did doctor you? Yeah. And I was like, I I need to get better at animating with 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 cartoons and stuff because I, I could see that in my head. It was like a like a, a little visual thing of you telling kind of a story throughout that. And I I think that that if you can if you can grasp your head around the story you're trying to tell and start to create things yeah. in your head. You can do it. And, oh, man, and- that's awesome. That That is, I, I was about to give some free advice myself to the kids now. But I was going to say, buddy up with, with someone, you know, who's into cinematography or animation. But you know what? 
don't do it, kids, because Jack and Hamish are doing it. Hamish and Jack are doing it. You, this is it. Mm. I sometimes stop, 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 stop copying our free yeah. idea wisdom that we're giving you. Did you? So was it? Was it? Was it? Was it the depressing song I sent you? Yeah, because I could start to see. Well, it was body the body the. I wrote down hotel quarantine. I know, but I could start. Problem. You could you could almost hear the colours of it. You know, you could start to see it was grey and a bit drab, and you could start to see that there was a story here. But then you could also see that there's. I don't know. You could start to put in a few little, you know, spinny, spinny glasses and tables and, and, and make it interesting. But you, but you at least you'd, you know, by being a bit sad and stuff, you at least you got your color palette, you know, you're not going to use, it's just like a, you know, your key of a song. You're not going to use, you know, you're not going to try to play that in a major key, are you? So you're going to take your color palette of being like, you know, dark, you go, your gloomier colors, your grays, your blacks, your, mm. you know, your, your darker whites. And, um, and, and you're going to, I think, I think it's, I think it's fascinating that you see that when you hear something. Yeah. I, I put everything into a film. See, yeah. I, I go, Oh, I could hear this in this kind of film. And then I can see the scene in my mind. Hugh Grant's usually the main character. 90s Hugh Grant when he had it all going on. Liz Haley on his arm. The best hair in show business. That Hugh Grant. But uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's amazing that you can hear music and see that. I remember you said that when I was a guest on here. Remember I was a guest on here? Yeah, Before but the British invasion took over. <laughs> and you said that, you said that to Rowan. Um, you were saying like when... You're almost like a visual, a visual listener. Yeah, and I don't know if that's, that's incredible. Because I, I like I I did that before. I did music, so it was, I always I, mm. I, just, I. But anyway, I I just think it's it's just important. It's just, they're just the same. Do you know what I mean? Like I when I when I when I if you paint, if you draw, if you play guitar, it's all coming seems to come from the same place. If in your in your mind, unless you're playing covers or unless you're trying to like stencil something, then you mm. know even that's coming from the same place. It just feels a bit tedious. But if you're just being free with it and trying to you know create something, then it seems to be the same for me. It all, you know, you you know, like you know, you were saying that about like creating things. You know, whenever you've wrote a song or or painted something or or like, do you do that from your own point of view? Yeah, I have to do. I I have to have a vision of it first. Do you know what I mean? Like, I almost have to have the whole product done before I start. Because I like for me when I when I write, I don't I put myself in situations that I would never be in or have or have ever been in. But it's me. But it's not really me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm writing it from a perspective of so like the amount of times I've had family members be like, "How do you?" I guess. But I think it might just be because I'm from such a gloomy yeah country. But the amount of times people are like, oh man, that's like, I'm like, oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. But the guy I was writing that song about, he's in it. He's in a bit of a pickle. So, are you writing? Because you must write songs completely different to me. Then I, I'm never thinking about. 
I never, I, I don't know. I've never thought about actual stories until after. Do you know what I mean? When I say I'm writing back to front, I mean, I, I just, I have to hear the, like the melody. I just see it in dots in my brain, you know, like almost charted to a certain degree. And then you just kind of go, you know, and just kind of figuring out what you, and then you kind of put the words to it and do this. The story comes after. If I'm singing a melody. So we, we, we've just, we recorded it. When did we record it? December. It'll be out this year. It's called, called Hero Dying. And it's about, it's about how like young men and women often like go to wars, have no business going to, and you know like sold a, a big bag of lies and and what, and it's basically come from. I I have a couple of cousins who went to Afghanistan who came back and they were never the same. I've got a couple of my best friends when they came back and you know they, they've seen shit that we will never comprehend. You know. We, we, we don't understand it. We won't ever comprehend it. We weren't there. You weren't there, man. But when, so when I was writing that song, so Paul, our bass player, sent me this riff through. And the third line I sang is the chorus. And that's still the chorus. Like the third, the third attempt of whatever I was singing in the melody. Yeah. Went, oh, that's my chorus. And then I never really deviate. And I never know it's to the detriment of the song if it's laziness. If I'm a bloody genius, wordsmith, I don't know if I'm good with all these fancy words. But I never know if it's, like I say, if it's a good thing or, or to the detriment of the song. Whereas Stu, my writing partner, he will just like abandon an idea and then go, oh no, this is the song now. And I'm like, as soon as I, as soon as I, get emotionally connected to know this is what it is yeah i mean i mean more like not not necessarily if you sent me a riff and i was like no hamish this is the song no yeah it's it's about me but not really about me it's not like that i'm not that egotistical or can get up into that such a high range it's just i i just feel no this is what the story is about you know and then usually I have to end the song with, with like retribution, or I have to like fit finish the story, or it has to it has to be something uplifting at the end of the song. Yeah. You know? Because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, if you're listening to that, it depressed the fuck out of you as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder, like, is that is that his brain going, okay, it needs to be in some kind of, like, structure? Do you know what I mean? Like, going, okay, so, like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. You have a little bridge, a little outro, a solo here, and then you're coming into your, um, then that's the song. Is it, is yeah. it, he has more of an analytical brain where he's just kind of putting things together and making a pattern? And you're kind of throwing something abstract in and he goes, I don't like that. <laughs> Uh, you you know what? I'll give this to Stu. He never says that, and and like he's, he's once again fragile world, fragile humans. He he knows. He, he'll just say, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna rework this a little bit," and then he'll send me back another yeah. take. And it may have, you know, the the bit I was aiming to do or whatever no yeah. longer is there. But usually, if I say to him. The thing is, man, right? If you're passionate, passionate enough about it, and I think 
this is the difficult thing for me because I don't play a guitar or, you know, I can play style at night on the piano and I can play about you half. You can play guitar, can't you? No, no. I can't. Uh, I can't, man. I've got one behind me. The bloody good ornament. But no, I, I like, I, I, I can't. I just can't. So for me, when I write, I am so reliant on the idea of we're doing this together. You know, like, and if, I think, I think when you're writing, if you're passionate about something and you think, no, this is quite good, and the other person's not, it's, like, don't, don't, don't die on that hill. Don't fall out. But if you think something's good, for me, right, because even though, I'm in a band and have been in bands for a long time. And I'm a singer, right? I don't consider myself a musician. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm not that lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't got that. I have got no rhythm at all. I'm just lucky that I'm really loud, and when I put it together, it sounds like a like a yeah. like a big vocal. But so so for me, when I'm talking to musicians like see that's what i mean I, i'm talking to you as a musician but i don't consider myself a musician even though i've done it for longer than i've done anything else <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like, because it it for me there's something my brain doesn't have and i kind of I, again i don't know if it's a laziness thing it, it probably is i just haven't got the attention span for a while i don't know if it's the mystery of not knowing when, if you were to play me a riff, the mystery of not knowing how you got there on that journey. Yeah. Fascinates me. Even though you might be like, Oh, this is the core progression. Like when I was 12, yeah. like that for me. And I kind of like the fact that, you know, in a very, a tough world man yeah generally like we were saying before fragile world fragile humans i think to still have mystery and for me to still be excited about what i'm gonna hear because i don't know what you're gonna produce you know what i mean so i hope when i'm doing a vocal or i come up with a, a melodic idea that it's gonna be good enough and like to me point before if i sing a melody over and over again right if it gets stuck in my head, I consider myself the average Joe. Yeah. Right? Because I'm not like you. Am I keeping you awake, David? Oh, no, no, that's all right, man. (laughs) You definitely keep me awake, man. Like, I'm just, I don't know. That that yawn just came out of nowhere. It's okay. You're welcome. You're welcome for that. You know what I should do? I should take a breath because that was long, wasn't it? Yeah, dude. It was nothing. It was nothing against Jesus. Where's, Where's my inhaler? (laughs) <laughs> I, I just have a, like a thought to, I think, uh, well, I, 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 I suppose I studied the guitar for a little bit and went to, mm. you know, went and, you know, went to some kind of music education, but I, I didn't play music as a kid. So I always felt like I was okay. behind. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I got yeah. into it later when I was like 14, 15, whatever. And then just spent that time till I was 20, just trying to master it and, you know, wasting, wasting or, 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 um, 
or crafting, you know, all that time to be get really, really cool. Oh. Yeah, and just loved it. Just locked myself away like a little hermit, and then and then and then it, over a couple of years, then I had the best couple of years of my life actually going and pursuing it. But um, the like thing that made like after a while, I started to just think of music for a little bit in terms of like, okay, you know, I've got it. I've you know, that's my that's my third chord. That's my fifth chord. That's you know, my fourth chord. You know, and now if I'm playing this kind of progression, now I've got to throw in a major, th- you know, third chord or a sixth chord, whatever. And I just started getting to this stage, and I hated it because I'm just thinking of music as maths, right? And I didn't like that. Oh. And I was like, I'm becoming a fucking mathematician with this. And I'm going, <laughs> this is of that. And you, this is that. You, you're becoming rain, man. <laughs> oh, and just spending there, sitting there and going, okay, these are the arpeggios of da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, man, this is really doing my head in. And then I watched the Rolling Stones thing and I saw Keith like tuning his guitar and taking one string off. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to do that. And then I had more fun for the next year than I think I'd had in the last two because I wasn't trying to think in terms Counting of... chords. Yeah, or in any kind of mathematical way where I was just like going, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. That's cool. I like that, you know, and just... And, and I also wasn't trying to learn or understand what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? And just having... When, 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 when did you play... In a band, when did you get into a band first? How old were you? 17, 18. Yeah. Aren't they funny times? But also, yeah, but, like, also like a bunch in high school and stuff like that. And then it came Oh, out. yeah? Yeah. And then I went to TAFE when I was 16 to like study music and just played in whatever groups they put you in and make you play jazz one week and make you play all these other crazy shit in one other week. Not that I was ever good at it. I don't want to claim that because somebody will say... You were shit, Hamish. You never practiced the, the yeah. stuff. In was... in the comments. Yeah. Liar! Yeah. He was terrible at it. Yeah. I still can't listen to jazz, man. I'm sorry. I can listen to jazz. Like, that's one thing I want to say, right? Is the more I got into music. You said that point. You said that point with like such vigor. Oh, no, because it is, man. Like, oh, no, that, that took me by surprise a little bit. That. I'm, I'm sorry, Jack. I'm Oof, saying that because. Geez. Have you ever. Jeez. Notice when you get around people that have really studied music, they talk about jazz like it's the like the greatest thing in the world. And then you ask them to play some of it and it's literally elevated music. It's like, you know what I mean? And you're like, <laughs> you're like you regard <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. You've done it. You've you know, done like, it. We're you... gonna get cancelled by the jazz musicians now. I'll never be invited to jazz what? festivals. Oh, hey, oh man, like I, I love jazz. What have you done? Like, oh man, but some of that stuff, you, 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 you have to ask yourself, uh, are you awesome when, when you're like, have you, have you ever been? Well, you played in it when you're yeah. watching a, a good jazz band and they're all, they're all, you know, ah, ah, smile, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, into I, it. I see what you're saying, but I've also seen people that are like, and people have showed me stuff where it's just them trying to be tricky for the sake of being tricky, but the music actually isn't good. But what they're doing okay. is, is, is like, you know, is like algebra with music. You know what I, I mean? I think they, what they need to do is, is jazz or jazz. That's what they need to do. Yeah. You know, they need to get off the jazz high horse. You know, and then I think it becomes a bit of a wank. And I, I some of those people that are like, but 
in saying that they're like i do like when people are passionate like and fucking play with a bit of passion but sometimes yeah. i've heard some things that just sound like algebra to my ears and i'm like what the fuck what are we listening to i mean to be honest man right like i think that's the same across all genres of music though you know like Sometimes I'll hear a craze and, and you'll see a few bands doing it. And then I'll be there and I'll go, is this? Yeah. But, that's, but then I'll, I'll think to myself, well, why aren't you into that? You know, maybe if you were into that, there'll be a few more thousands streams on that song there, Jack. You know, but I, I like for me, you've just got to... Like, I respect the shit out of those people because they're having a go. It's just not your cup of tea, you know? Yeah. And that's... When you said before Bruno Mars' newest album, I weren't expecting that. But that's what you like, you know? Yeah. You should listen to him, man. That's, that's, that's just what you listen to. Like, like there's, a guy, there's a guy I work with, Dave. Um, he's a nice guy. He loves heavy metal, right? Anyway, I seen him and he had this song on his right. And I was like, oh, bit rough at 7 a.m. Yeah. Bit rough, right? But he likes that. Yeah. A lot of people like that, you know? Yeah. It's it it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't have such a following if people didn't like it. Yeah. Can I do a little backstory here? And I and also Yeah, go on, man. The reason I didn't really do it read out my my spotify thing is because i've probably been listening to more like i got into disco man at some point last oh, all, all been there all, oh, all been oh, there man 20, i've just 20 2018 was my disco yeah i had a whole disco yeah dude like i've just fallen down this disc and i think that's what's led to me liking this new bruno mars thing that he's done with um anderson pack and it's like and i and I, I just got into it just came in at the right time but yeah i got into I got into disco, which I never, if you went back a couple of years ago, man, I was like a, a, a shred guy. That's what I wanted to do. And then I would, then I ditched that idea and just kind of go on to different things. And it's like every couple of years, I just take on a new phase for a while. And, you know, I suddenly started liking Stevie wonder a lot more than I ever did in my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I wonder at some point, will I just go, will I just fall into elevated music territory? You know, when you said, oh, it's something quite embarrassing, I, I didn't know what to expect then. I did not know what to expect. Yeah, that's, I, man, like, you saying there with, like, disco and, like, so, yeah, oh, what's his name? What, what's his name? He plays in She. He, he wrote, he wrote uh, Let's Dance with... Bowie. Oh, oh the, the, the Earl Slick? No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, what's his name? Oh, the 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 bass player? Yeah, yeah, he's got dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah, what's I don't know who you're talking. I don't know what's his, his name? name. Oh that will haunt me. Oh my god, that will haunt me. Anyway. So she oh you know like Everybody dance. Ooh, so we, we we went to see them in Liverpool in the arena at home. And for some reason, 
Scousers absolutely love that music, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's any of the, the drug connotations in it or anything like that. I think everyone just... likes that music, man. I and think... I, you know what I like about it as well? Like, disco got such a bad rep for so many years. You know, like, when you hear bands talking about it, like, oh, and then disco came in, and, you know. But it's it's the most easygoing, loving, you know. It's like soul music. Yeah. Literally on cocaine. That's what happens. All the soul artists went, right, let's get a bit of cocaine in us. Let's make some disco. And that's yeah. what happened. The records are amazing. Yeah. Oh, what's his it. name? What's oh. his name? Oh, hey, I... Can you can you do a Google? I can't. I can't. Uh, here we go. We need we need like uh, the Joe Rogan equivalent of a Jamie for this for uh, for West Underground. What do you want me to do with a different voice? No, we need the guy who Googles stuff. Um, I know, but I, I could pretend to be that guy. Car- no, it's not, it's not Carmen. Nile Rogers, Nile Rogers. Jeez. Oh, sorry, Nile Rogers. He's actually, um, he's producing. I know Dave McCabe. He's working with Dave McCabe, who's out at the Zootons. Uh huh. He's the guy who wrote Valerie. Yeah, now Rogers, man, such a talented guy. He, he worked with like Diana Ross and Bowie and all these amazing artists. Now Rogers, my friend, uh, my friend will beat me up when he sees me for forgetting that name. Oh man, that's all right. We all have those moments. I, I feel okay. I I feel I feel okay about it. Um, but I I mean, you know. I wonder what will come. Also, I had a Kanye West period for a little bit. I'll be honest about that. That's um, more embarrassing than... What was that? What was the song? And it was like, la, 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 wait till I get my money right. Oh, I had a... And when he, when he released uh, the Jesus album, was it? Yeah. In like 2012. I remember me and my friend at home were a little bit yeah. The Devil's Lettuce, and uh, he was playing Glastonbury Festival that year, Kanye, and he was like, "I'm the greatest living rock star," and I was like, "You can't argue with that." But really, Kanye had a few years where he did kind of get that notoriety, where he was thought of as a star. You know what I mean? Just to have a star. Yeah. What? What do you? Where do you think music will go next? Do you think it will full circle? No, it, I, 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 just, I, I, do you think we're just orbiting the sun and it'll just be another trip around the sun and we'll just we'll get there eventually? No, I'm I'm I think that's why I committed so hard to West Underground because it I was scared, man, of where music was gonna go. I was like, okay, if if like if you're able to fix things on a community level and make, you know, and and able to give, you know publicity and also otherwise what's going to happen is we're just going to have the the you know um you know a bunch of a bunch of shit music and nothing actually that kind of differs from it too much kind of um you know just kind of circulating and circulating but also like 
I didn't want the past, you know, also in my head, I thought we just can't have the past rock, you know, rock stars and that's it. You know, it just can't, mm. you can't just be like, they were the gods no. and uh, then there was no more, you know? And I was like, yeah. uh, you know, and also it's just, I don't know, man. I feel, I really, really feel, feel a bit scared for music. You know, that's just why. I think I'd just taken away my, you know, and, and focus less on making music, but rather trying to, uh, you know, try to do what I, you know, what I can as one little individual to try and, and a bunch, you know. Yeah, well, you're, you're, what you're doing with this and what, um, you know, and Paul and, and the guys behind the scenes that no one gets to see, which is amazing because they're, so, they're even better looking than the pair of you two. I think what what it's doing is is creating a platform where you get to hear about someone at the right time, you know? You're bringing people on at the right time and having a conversation. And, you know, I think there's something to be said about... you You can like an artist and respect the fact that their music might not be there yet. But if they've already got all those tools and the interest in people and the passionate, it does come, you know? Yeah. It, it's not, it, it's, it's, it's the 10,000 hours theory. It does come. You know, greatness will be there. And I feel like with with the way it's been the last couple of years, how many people who would be going out and learning their craft in front of crowds have just been sat in their rooms writing songs and not being able to road test material and see what works and you know even like with stand up comics you know like how many jokes have they had and they thought oh yeah this would be good and then took it out and it hasn't killed just because there's been no audience and I, I, I think, I think it's going to be okay. I do think it's going to be okay. I yeah. think we're, we're going to be okay. I think with West Underground, you show, you're getting to showcase to people who they're going to be listening to potentially for the rest of their lives. And that's incredible. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's the goal, man. Like that, that, that there is the goal It's just a, and, and it also, it's a, it's a scary thing too. Cause I always think about too, that, um, like, you know, the previous into previous generations, right. If you were to pursue a career in music, well then, you know, there's always that saying about, you know, um, a musician loads, you know, $5,000 worth of gear into a $500 card to do the gig. But I always, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think in the past people were, you know, were were paid I don't know better, but 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 um I don't I just think with there was less you could you could on it you could if you're good enough, right? And which we've got a lot of people that have come on that are quite good and you just think, man, like if you could just do that, do what you're trying to do as as your day job to some degree, you would be you would you would get there so much faster and if you could afford mm. and if you could change the model to to allow people to 
actually spend. I, I watched a documentary really like recently on on Geffen Records with David Geffen and how yeah. Geffen Records started and what what he did um, in the early days with like you know uh, with with Neil Young and um, um, everyone else who's attacking Rogan at the moment. <laughs> Um, but with all those guys, and I just, I, I was like, that's it, right? They, they, if you just are allowed that, you know, that time to just put into something, then you're going to get a, you know, a, a, a good product at the end of it. Cause you've had so much time to really, really, really like, oh, and also at the same time, I was watching a documentary the week later about how like Japanese swords are made, like the, I think they're called katanas, and you have one. That was thing- such a leap. That was yeah, such yeah, a but, leap. But, I, like, I'll, 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 I like where this brain, I like where this thread is going from. I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll bring bowling. it back here. Like the the so if you're making swords in Japan, right? Yeah. There is like there is like a bunch of guys who just make the metal, right? Who just make like yeah. the first pour of metal that's that is like mm. solidified with a bunch of extra carbon and all this stuff and has to go in this deep pit. That metal then gets sent off to a different department where their job is just to flatten the sword. And then it gets sent off to another person who puts the handle. I might get some of these details wrong. But I was like, and I think that's the same way it should be with with music. And that's the way that it was with music in the past where you would just have, you know, one guy, you know, who wanted to be the best guitar player in his little band and in his little in his little town and if you worked hard he could his little universe yeah. make you know make enough money to do that and i and i don't think that's the case today which is the unfortunate thing unless you're going to go sacrifice that and go play cover gigs every weekend but then you never work on your original stuff and then i think that's the trouble isn't it like the to go and play I, okay for, for for the average joe who just want to go out on the weekends, you know, they, they work in their jobs and you just want to go out and you just want to hear a bit of live music in the pub or, you know, the bar, wherever they're going. And I can, I, I know why a lot of pubs and bars and what they book cover bands, obviously, because, you know, it's things people know. You can play hits from the last 60 years. All is all is fine, all is well, right? But it it's it's always painful when you're a musician to know that you can go and play someone else's songs and get paid, you know, like a decent like you know, if, if I feel like if you were doing pre-COVID, of course the world is good then. When if you were doing shows, you know, maybe two of them a night three or four nights a week, you'd probably earn, make a decent enough living to go and, you know, be okay. But if you're going out and gigging your own material, it's hard. It's hard when you're starting out as well. It's really hard. Because you're, you know, as we were saying before, you haven't mastered the craft yet. And people don't know your songs. So it takes the same kind of, in my eyes, amazing human being that will go to those shows before going to the local pub and listening to, you know, whatever whatever cover they're gonna knock out. It's yeah. it's just it, it's just a different 
I don't know. I think I think streaming has obviously not been a great thing for music, as as we all know. Um, but there's other there's other problems at play, you know. Secondary ticket websites. Yeah. Like, you know, you paying three hundred bucks more for a ticket that was sold a minute before to them. Yeah. Like there's I, I don't know if it's just greed got in the way in, in the music business or if it is purely down to because enough people will want you to believe it, it is just because it's streaming and people couldn't make money for the records anymore because everything was going to next to nothing. But I think there was, there's other reasons why it's just not there anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I and Gentrification even, man, could have a lot to do with it. You know how many amazing venues do you see just going just disappearing yeah man it's really sad about the lansdale the land yeah and i never got to play there me either I'm happy about that you never got there I, I i'm like obviously, there obviously we're like frankies it's just it's so hamish why music why music i thought you could ask a different question then but um, why music, man? You I don't can know. ask me the question you thought I was going to ask you after. I don't think I had a choice. Okay, okay. I don't think I had a choice. I think my brain just once once I got once I got the the bug, I was just kind of consumed. I didn't want to do anything else. I just was obsessed. Like I was obsessed. Like like everything else just went out the window, right? I just stopped playing sport. Yeah, I yeah. just, I just suddenly, my hair started growing. And I don't know why. It just went all of a sudden, and then, you know, this wasn't puberty, was it, Hamish? Yeah, it was during that time. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I had hairs under my arms. Well, yeah, I think it's it, 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 it's just it, it's in your bones now, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I just got infected. And then I like I really sometimes, some days I wish I woke up and I got the engineering bug or something like that. Um, but uh, you are a good mathematician because of this now, though. So I, I think so. You're, I mean, you're, I think not, you're we, not far away. I think I think most musicians are pretty clever people, to be honest. I think most musicians could do other things in the world that would probably be, you know, that would be that would be just as equally, you know, good maybe but i i i I have noticed that a lot of them are quite bright you know Mm. and um i just i don't think i had a really a choice it was just obsession and it was not like addiction like it was like i don't think you'd call it an addiction because it wasn't you know it was just obsession like i wanted to know everything about everybody i wanted to I only wanted to listen to music. I wanted to go home and play music. I wanted to take home guitar tabs. I wanted to spend my lunches in the music rooms with a bunch of other weirdos. I wanted hmm. to then only, only associate with those people. And then I just started to kind of like socially kind of curve the bend a little bit where you start to isolate yourself with 
musicians and then you kind of find people are like which i think the whole entertainment industry is a bit alike really and then you i don't know and then before you know it you just that's that's it that's it is suddenly yeah. a little bit to, to your identity i suppose because you've just thrown pushed everything else aside and that's kind of come first before anything and it's it's really weird it's not something i would have chose if i said as an ideal career as a kid you know I remember seeing the career counselor and she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I think I want to play music. And she's like, have you thought about joining the mines? Yeah. It's the same. It's the yeah. Same. And I was like, I was like, did you hear me? I just told you what I want to do. And she goes, yeah, but I think you should think about joining the mines. He's an yeah. I think, I think, I think you should go into the mine. Yeah. And you just you should go in. <laughs> and I, and I, in, in your head, you're like, what? Why would I do that? It doesn't even make sense to you. So you're just kind of chosen, I suppose, or 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 insane. <laughs> I think the insanity is definitely part of it. It made me laugh what you said before. It, it, it's really quite interesting when you're saying it, it's most people in the entertainment world yeah. are all kind of similar like that. And I think like the amount of stand-up comedians I've met, stand-up comics. And we both do a similar thing, right? We get up with a microphone, you're in front of people, you yeah. perform. You're just doing different things, you know? Mm. You know you're related. Yeah. You know you're kind of the same. Yeah. It's just, but we're still different. Yeah. But I respect the shit out of what they do and they say the same. Musicians and comics always get on. Because yeah, always, that. always. Because, We're because, always because you're, you're the same. You're the same. You're just like, you know, a little bit different. They're just and, and, slightly and, as you're saying, cousins. entertainment. Yeah, go on, man. Go on, go for it. Go, what are you saying? I just said they're, that they're our slightly um, less attractive cousin. Yeah, they are. You know what they are? You, you know when you see a slug and you see a snail? Yeah. And a slug is just a snail that got divorced and lost its house. Yeah. That way, I don't know which one we we are in that situation. I don't know if we're, I don't know. I don't, you know what, you know what confuses me? I think this confuses comedian. I don't know if we're the slug without the shell. If we're, if we're the snail without the shell. I don't know which one of us is. I know. They I don't just, know I either. just want to think that they, we're the more they, attractive they, one. <laughs> uh, maybe, possibly. I'm just going to be biased here, but I, I definitely know what you mean. And I, I, I noticed that talking to like a lot of them, man, it's like, it's like, oh man, we're, we're definitely dialed in the same like radio frequency here. Mm. We're, we're on the same channels or we're just a little bit apart where you can still hear the same channel. It's just a bit of static in between, but it's we're mm. way more closer, I think, than actors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think with actors, it's, Again, that's just completely like I'd like to interview. I'd like to interview some actors because how you know the way we were talking about like how I call you a visual listener. You know that that thing of what your mind does when they read the script. What does their mind? How how does that handle it? You know what happened to them in that situation? That be that be that be very interesting. Very interesting. I, have a, I had an acting stint when I was a kid. You never. Was it on Neighbours? Because that's just been cancelled. Uh, not, not Neighbours. Is Neighbours but... Australia? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I know Home and Away. Oh, yeah. 
Margot Robbie's from Neighbours. I wish she was my neighbour. Tell you that for nothing. <laughs> oh, that, man, don't we all? But um, no, she really can't. But uh, I think I think with actors, it's 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 oh, man. I look to be honest. To this day, I think there. Well, uh, what did you do? Are you on IMDb? No, I don't know. I, don't, I think I'm before I'm Jamie, 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 Jamie Bringer. But I was in like a bunch of weird Australian TV shows. But the one thing I like, I thought it was, I, I never, re, I, I thought maybe I was too young to really take the time to realize, holy shit, you're in a TV show. I just thought, you know, this is weird. You know, everybody's like lights, camera, action, reset. Didn't like that take. Johnny. This take, I want you to be come out with a little bit more passion. Come on, come on. Ready? Three, two, one. Lights, camera, action. Yeah, very much like that. I, 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 I don't know, man. I feel like acting was the the. Did you have Did you have speaking lines, or were you like kid number four bouncing a ball? Yeah, I was kid number four bouncing a ball, and I was not very even very good at that. I was too. I was more concerned. Like I did one thing at one at like the Sydney All Girls School. And I remember it was about, um, it was about like King's Cross in the eighties and stuff and, and, you know, all nefarious things. But I remember I just, they gave me this nice suit jacket on to look like I was in like a boarding school in the eighties. And I, and nice. on the sets of movies and stuff, they have like caters and that cater for you with food and stuff like that. Mm. I put so many biscuits in the jacket pockets. Oh, no, I was I just know. walking around the background eating or, and just stuffing my face because like, but um, I don't know, man. I feel like that. Well, 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 it was a dinner jacket. <laughs> well, hey, well, it was when I was. Hey, with- hey, come on now. Easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. That's <laughs> fascinating, man. That's fascinating. Yeah, but I. You, I you, 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 you were just on, on your star, on your star. You, 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 you were just there, you know, it was going to happen. It was you or Heath Ledger, even well, he though he's a lot older. Yeah. But um, even though he's a lot older, he uh, one thing I one thing that was uh, one thing I regret is not auditioning. I got asked to audition for Mad Max Fury Road. Okay, and this this haunts me to this day. I I didn't do it because if I did it, I had to shave my head bald, and then I, if I didn't get the part, I had to go to school bald. And I met, if you remember like 10 years ago, like, I don't know about your school, but that was a really weird thing to do. That was like social suicide to go to school bald. Like you're just asking for, you know, just going to cop it every day. And I was like, I was, I, I, there was three lads in my year that I had long hair. Yeah. Like three. And, and we had a lot of kids in our school. Yeah. It wasn't, it's not as done as it is over here. Yeah, but I think if you got but if I though, if I if I if I would have went full Charlie Manson, boom, shaved head, you know, that would have scared people. If you go in with a shaved head, people are either asking if you're okay or they're, they're going, keep an eye on him. Well, look Something how pasty, look how pasty I am, man. If I went bald, I don't know who I would look like, but every every reference I can think is not a you know, I, I can't say out loud, but they're not, not a good, I don't know. I think I would pull off the bald look. I think I would look rather like Gollum than anything else. You know, but um, I, I, I couldn't do it, but then I regret it because if I did do it, 
I would have got to go to like my high school would have been in South Africa for a year, like, you know, being in Mad Max, just fucking playing guitar on fucking made out of, you know, these makeshift trucks and like, would have been cool. Oh, well. Oh, well, what can you do? You know, I sure. Oh, well, never mind. Oh, man. So, what, why, like, who approached you to audition for it? Um, so I think. I think we went to the. What happened was this. You, is must, you it, must, you must, you must be quite good as as kid bouncing ball number four. No, I think I was just lucky, man. I went to the Easter show and somebody like yeah. with my family and somebody sold my dad on the idea that I could, he could be a star, he could be a star and whatever. And he's gonna be, he's gonna, he's gonna be a big star. He's gonna be on the post. <laughs> yeah, I can see I, it now. He's he's gonna be a star. That's yeah. it. That's that's what happened. Yeah. And then my dad's like, yeah. all right, whatever. And he signed me up for this agency and he thought nothing of it. And then all of a sudden they started calling and saying, could we could we get in touch with your son, Mr. Reed? Would he like to be interested in auditioning for such and such? And my then would drive from, I was living in the country at the time, not Sydney. We'd have to drive down to Sydney and do a couple of these things. And at the time I was a kid and not really aware of that. This is probably a really cool thing. And this is this this is like a good story later on in life. But I was just like, fuck. Do I, I don't know. Yeah, die. This is a, a lot of it's a lot, it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? You know, yeah. especially if you're a child star. Yeah, and they take you in like, and I feel, and like a it's lot of these auditions. Go, man, I don't mean to be rude, but I felt like I felt I felt like I was the odd one out because I was the only straight one on the sets. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was I felt like I was the odd the black sheep in this situation. I was like, man, I don't I don't know if I fit in here, man. Because some of these kids would come in and you know they're they're like super camp and they're like and they're like they they believe that they were going to be stars and i was like yeah man i just believe i'm going to have some lunch i believe you know in, what, in and I, uh, where's where's my dinner jacket <laughs> yeah exactly i just I, I i felt a little bit out of that loop so then oh, when oh, i found well, music i was like that, that's, oh. that's 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 fascinating i i actually acting is something i've always when I was a kid, right, I either wanted to be a, a professional wrestler, right? I was like, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And then I didn't grow that all, you know? That didn't happen. And I was like, oh, I'll be, I'm going to be a rock star. <laughs> and, and then it, I'm going to be an actor. And I've always flirted with the acting thing. I got asked, I got asked to be in a, in a, in a film, I was it was like a it was like a mini series at home. This was about twenty seventeen. And I was essentially playing myself in it, right? And I never knew if the guy was insulting me yeah. or not. And I was a bit like, I don't really wanna play an exaggerated version of myself. Like if I was gonna act, I'd wanna Daniel Day Lewis the shit out of that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it, I just it's it's to be honest like my, my brother works in um, film and TV and he's you know he's, he's been around all of the artsy characters like like you like you were with in yeah. your days in show in the, in the showbiz on the silver screen yeah um, or the small screen you did a bit of everything didn't you Oliver yeah, Twist yeah. he did the lot name them he's worked with them all all the greats <laughs> 
And I just think, I just, yeah, I think if I'd have done acting, but it's weird. It's like, I kind of think, when do you get to a point in your life, right, when you think, what I, what I have planned, how I think it's going to go, to just like, you know, break glass, hit the emergency switch and go, no, this is actually what I want to do. Yeah. Because I hadn't thought about doing podcasting until I did a podcast as yeah. a guest, <laughs> you know? And then I did it and I was like, I really enjoyed that. Right? Yeah. It never entered my world. That was never a thought in my mind. Yeah. And then it's all I've really been able to think about since I've done it. More yeah. so, more so probably than where I, where my time would be occupied constantly thinking about when we get gigging again, like when, you know, with the bands and we're out there. Yeah. And I, 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 to be honest, like if, if you got to 30 and went, you know what? I'd like to get back into acting. There's nothing stopping you doing it. Yeah. No, not really. You know, I just, I, I, I still feel like it is the little bit of like, I, 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 I just, I, there's, there's part of me that just thinks I may be wrong here. Right. And I could be very wrong here, but I feel like it's easier than the rest of the arts and the rest of the entertainment. Oh, here we go. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Strap yourself in, people. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Look, look I'm, I'm willing to have a debate with people. I like, you know, actors about this and, and be proven wrong. Like I'm not putting the sword in the stone, but I'm just telling you my theory. I think the hardest part about actor, acting is really, you know, realizing who your character is and what your character is. But once you're mm-hmm. in that, you're not yourself. You've got a mask on, you've got a facade, and then all you've got to do is remember your lines after that and kind of you know, you get that down packed a little bit, but I don't know, man, this is why you went ball boy number three, you know, I mean, but I never ball, wanted to be ball bouncing time, boy. But I, just, <laughs> I, I just watched a lot of people like ask their lines and stuff yeah. on the sides and, and go on like, fuck man, this doesn't look that hard. What you're doing. It just looks very tedious. But in the same that I would also see like people, you know, playing, you know, music and stuff like that. And I think, fuck, that's incredible. You know, that's really difficult. Mm. I can see that you've mm. spent thousands of hours in your bedroom, like just fucking going at it, you know, practicing. And I, and when I see people paint and stuff like that, really good painters, I'm like, yeah, there's no way I could do that in this lifetime. You know what I mean? You know, mm. and, and some of the actors I've seen and a lot of like a lot for like, you know, local productions. I'm not talking about Hollywood movies necessarily, yeah. but for yeah. the base of it, I'm like, fuck, man, this looks pretty easy. This looks like a pretty easy gig, you know, for a lot of it. It's just like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this. I, I, I say that about brain surgeons all the time. I go, I could do that job easily. I could be a brain surgeon. Oh, look. I, Easily. I, it'd be done. Now, to be honest, man, right, I think, I feel like, so, because, because they don't shoot anything chronologically, right, if you're an actor and, you know, the character's going on a journey, let's say like Dallas Bias Club, Matthew McConaughey and Gerald Leto on it, right, so, because they're not shooting that chronologically, where the where the main character is in the story, as to what you've just shot before, isn't like you're following 
a, you know, an order. He's like, how far am I away from death now? Like, what, what, what's happening around me? Who do I know? I've just lost. And but when you, I feel like if if I was an actor, I'd be like, right, we're shooting this frame by frame on that script. We're not gonna have anything else in between because I'd want the emotion. Whereas you know, like Matthew McConaughey is like, who's my guy? You know, I'd want to get into that and stay in it, stay in it on that journey along the way. I couldn't. That's why I think the difficulty of it. And man, if you're if you're an actor, not at the top, they 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 they're the same as us all. man. when you're a you know oh, a look, struggling man. musician I- and. Yeah, look, I'm definitely saying they, get, that, they, yeah. they 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 probably get screwed as much for exposure than you know. Oh yeah, but than I anything think, else, I think it's a bit more lucrative. But I think I, you know, I think there'll be a handful of people that you know that do anything that are really eccentric. But I think for the for a lot of it, Jack, I like you know, I'm I'm only. I think there's 10% of every craft that is like, you know, superhuman, right? But I think the I think for acting, like the 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 rest of the 90% that kind of trickles down, maybe, maybe 70. But I just I've seen enough of it in my life to be like, this looks fucking easy. You know, like Okay, okay. I'm I'm setting a challenge. I'm setting a challenge, right? West Underground live. For Patreon when when it's going right, yeah, and we do a play, dude. I would do it. I did like the. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it. Easy. Like, you know, you know how nonchalant you are about it. Makes me concerned. It makes me wonder who ball boy, ball bouncing boy number three, ball bouncing boy number two, and number one. Where you must have been in there with Joaquin Phoenix, Christian Bale. No, look, I, 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 uh, I just think that, you know, once you, I think now that I'm, that I'm older, once you, once you, I I think I would, I think for the days leading up to this play, like, even though it would be stupid, I'm probably like, you know, a bit ridiculous and it would probably be more like Monty Python than Pirates of, you know, Pandance or whatever. I can't even pronounce that at the moment, but, you know, I think, I think I would now, be like i would spend the days being that i would have to like method it you know and oh, yeah that. i i i i think i think that's what i'm saying man if if, if i did acting i'd have to method act at 100 yeah. and it would ruin my life if they're yeah. like right jack you're gonna be a 16th century whaler and i'd be like shit how do you get started on that you know the guidance council is saying, have you thought about the mines? And I'm like, no, I need to find out what it was like to be a 16th century whaler. Yeah. That's where I'd struggle. Yeah. I, I Look, I don't think I could go in it as not like, you know, I'm just saying it's easy because I've seen people that are so nonchalant and they just turn it on mm. and they're like, yep. Got it. Well, I suppose we have to do, I do this to a certain degree at the start of the West Underground interviews. And then I remember, okay, I'm not acting. I'm just, you know, whatever. And then I slowly yeah. into it. I just switch on that little extra gear that has been programmed into my little brain from a kid. But um, I think, I don't know. I think now if I had to do it, I'd want to be good, you know, like with anything. I think over the last couple of years doing this, it's made me a bit more competitive than I think I've ever been. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think that when you were saying like when 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 you're watching people that are doing it, that's because just like you're you have done and you are doing, you know, even from like guitar to now as a podcaster, extraordinary. You're doing the hours, so it does look easy, you know. Yeah. Because you've got those repetitions in every day. You're getting your reps in. You're you're putting those steps in every single day, and it's just it it's second nature, you know. You just you can just float along and do it and make it look so effortless. Whereas if you were to just pull, you know, anyone off the street, someone like go and talk for a few hours. I think I and you know with with the pressures of uh, the camera and the audio and all that, like it. It, it that terrifies people, you know. Yeah, people people must be terrified of coming on because they're like, "Oh no, what am I going to say?" Yeah, you know. Jack, did you ever get? Do, 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 do you think your mind? Sorry, man. Do you think your mind is trained to stay away from anything that could be divisive with people? I'm real you know, ruffle feathers. Okay. Here I'm in two places, right? I know when we're getting into territory, right? Where other people would perceive it as like, okay, we're getting into the flag territory, but there's, there's two parts to my brain, right? There's a little, I think we've just entered no man's land. There's, there's a little naughty kid in my brain from school that likes to say the naughty things are getting into trouble, right? And to stir the pot. And I, and there's that in there. And then there's also the thing that goes, I suppose an angel and a devil, right? Because, okay, you, hey, Mish, you're getting into the naughty waters. Hey, Mish, you fucking love the naughty waters. Come on, mate, get in there. And then there's yeah. also the thing. So it's it's almost like I, I I'm just kind hey, of Mish, hey, Mish, it's me, it's me, it's you after three Jack Daniels and cokes. Hey, yeah. Mish, say <laughs> the naughty thing. So I think you just you're just kind of trying to steer the ship through that, and I I try to because I don't want to steer away from like hard topics too because I think that they're interesting and they're sometimes the things that you walk away with the most like insight. And it's important. It's it's yeah. important. But I think if you're see, I never know my approach to things. I like to. I don't know if it's uh, just a coping mechanism from you know. Being a boy in the world, I, I never know if it's just you know trying to make a joke out of any every, anything and everything. The whole like my missus will be like, oh, "You're so childish," but that's how I deal with things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if we went on to a topic where. You're so close to that line. I know what you're saying about the devil on your shoulder. Yeah. But also you have the morality thing of, I, I, for me, I know I can make a joke about this and no one gets hurt by it. Yeah. It's just a quip. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel, like I said before, I feel like people, people may come on and they're terrified, and you've got to. The, 
the way you can loosen somebody up so that they'll tell you things that they might not have wanted to tell you is 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 an absolute skill. You're like a sorcerer. Yeah, but I never want to get people into trouble or anything like that. I'm, no, no, of course not. But you know, it's it's a it's a you know as you said before, right? The, the acting thing. So when you start when you start the podcast, hi guys, same as here from West Underground. We're joined today by you know you're you're playing a part there, yeah? yeah. And then when you get into the conversation, whoever you have on, because because of the medium. You're getting them with a slight veil over their face, and it's me. It's me on my best behavior. It's me with no swear words and all that, right? So for you, for you to just get them to relax, like you do, you know, you you you've seduced me a couple of times like this, and then you get in there and you play around in the waves, and then you come out and it's all okay. You're okay. You're safe. Yeah. But people have got to let loose yeah you know people have got to start talking and we can't we can't shy away and hide away from things because you go oh you know yeah i think if you're if you're saying something and you you, you've got a good heart as you're you know delivering it yeah i feel like things are generally okay yeah man the problem is context isn't it context is the key thing if you were to look at a, 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 like a, a script of everything we've said, you know, there's somebody there in the corner, Janet, with a typewriter writing all, all the, the things that have went on, and you're like, oh, yeah, Jeff Bezos, Pitbull. And now we're talking about... You know, yeah, look... I, one of a controversial thing it is. I think... Um... You know, I like, you know, it's just, it's all, it's all context, right? Like I, you know, some of the funniest things I've heard, if you wrote them on paper would be really offensive, but the way they said it was not offensive. So I think, you know, Mm. you know, it just depends how you say it. I could say, Jack, stop being a, you're Jack, you're a fuckwit. And it would be, you know, in a, in a context where it's funny or say it in a way that it's like, you know, you're trying to be hurtful. It just depends what you want to do. But sometimes when we do the podcast, Either way, either way, that hair. No, I'm sorry, Jack. But um, I, <laughs> yeah. I uh, do you know when? Do you know when you're saying about like loosening people up? I I always think about it. Like, do I was every report card I ever got in school was like Hamish needs to shut up. He talks too much in class. And every time I I think about it, I think about like you know when I'm when you're trying to make people comfortable, it's like you're whispering them to in the classroom and being like, Psst, hello. You know, or just trying to get their attention and then you start having that conversation Uh, before the teacher turns around and is like, shut up, you know? Yeah. It's almost like getting them, you know, comfortable in that that medium. But except there's no... And the other thing as well, man, it's like, I always feel like I've got to be on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, If I'm in a situation where I think, oh, fuck, this is awkward. Or, you know, like, the the... The situation needs a bit of levity. Like uh, the amount of times where I've had, you know, like being a kid and like, I, I on a report wants to be the centre of attention. I was like, no, I just don't want anyone to blow the fucking brains out in this RE class. Yeah, <laughs> Julie, you know what I mean? Like it's it, 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 it's not 
like I said before, it's a coping mechanism, but you're doing it because if you can see other people are having a good time, yeah, then at least, you know, maybe for five minutes, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. On yeah. Them. Yeah. I would have loved to have met you when you were in school. Well, when I was in school as well, oh, man, when I've... we were the same age, I'll be hanging outside the school gates. Hamish. <laughs> Hamish. Uh, were you naughty at school, man? I was naughty like just 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 like a mischievous way where you you know you're okay. uh, I I I I wasn't but my my issue right was I, I went to a, a mixed school boys and girls, right? Yeah, me too. And if there was a chick in my class, I man, I I'd be I'd be a fucking lawyer now, right? I'd be I'd be I'd be Harvey Specter. But the problem, the problem that came was if there was a girl there, I was trying to entertain her all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a maths teacher for a few years, and I was like, she. One day, she'll be into me. <laughs> and I was just, you know, constantly trying to make her laugh and be, be stupid and whatever. I just think... So, it, when I was a kid, I could have told you then, like, no, I'll end up doing something not, you know, not the norm nine-to-five thing. I, I kind of knew when I was younger that, that, that life isn't really going to suit me, you know? Yeah, me too. I think that was a hard, hard concept to swallow too, man. Like, because you're like, oh, man, <laughs> none of this sounds appetizing, you know? Like, none of this is mm. catching my fancy. And it's like, man, maybe I should be a chef. No, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to be a chef? Maybe, maybe you should be, you know, when they tell you you want to be a doctor and then you go to the doctor surgery one time and you're like, yeah, this looks like a he shit. He puts show. his finger up your ass. Yeah, you like, your ass and you think, no, honestly, guys, though, no, get your assholes checked. It's good for you. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's delicious. It's nutritious. It's good for me. I like it. No, honestly, get your prostate checked. But uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. That nothing is that glamorous, really, is it? It not there is nothing that glamorous. I've I've played gigs right in like good venues, the sold out crowds where I've got changed in the bathroom into leather pants that I've had on for five nights before, right? Probably standing in someone's piss, right? Getting them on. That's not that glamorous, is it? No, but it's way more exciting than sitting at a desk, isn't it? Yeah, it's way, it's way more exciting than putting your finger up my ass in a doctor's surgery too. Yeah. But there's, not, there's no, no career is actually ever really that glamorous you know i don't think so anyway i think so i i I think there's just career like i think the reason i find this so attractive is because you just get to figure shit out you just get to figure people's minds yeah you get to understand yeah and i i i think that to me is you walk away and go oh okay i start to see how this works you know i start to see how different people think and you can really dive in dive in there and i 
I don't know. I, I, to me, at the moment, that that seems more, uh, you know, attractive. Just figuring out shit, you know, just going. Mm. Oh, that's how you do that, you know. Like I really want to have, and I don't mean this in a like a like a dickish way or an ego way, but I really wanted to get some bigger bands on there just to see how the psychology changes from from little guys now that are just because I remember the weird thing was we had a band called kingswood on and they headline splendor on the grass right which is the biggest oh wow uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and i was like what did that feel like and he's like i got off the stage and i was so fucking pissed because we got you know they could tackle off 10 minutes of our stage time and i walked in the forest and i had to have this moment of going you just played the biggest festival in the country and you're pissed off and you're angry and you're upset and you you know and i was like you know where, where, where does it where does it change you know like and i think maybe it's I don't know, man, but I, I really want to just dive in and see what the psychology is like from you up here to you up here and just kind of going. Well, I've, I've got a, I've got a friend who, who we're going to have on soon. Um, and he, he was in a band in the UK that did very, very well, uh, like the end of the nineties and the two thousands and they're great bands, still are a great band. I've seen them a couple of years ago, just brilliant. And they, they had a few years of, you know, Riding, riding up there high, and you know he, he'll tell these stories when he's on anyway. But like, he's got moments with, you know, Paul McCartney, right? And to him, it's just really normal. Yeah, he he knows he 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 knows when he's telling you that you're like, oh my god. But that's that. That's the reality. That's that's Paul, right? And and the other thing about him is that's his job. Yeah. So, I I remember he just got back from a South American tour. Yeah. And and then they were playing a few UK dates, and then we went to one of the UK shows, and I was like, "How was it?" He's like, "Yeah, it's all right." And I was like. He's just, he's just been, he's been around. So, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, like, but that's that's their job. That's how yeah. they make money. You know. I, I sometimes wonder, like, if I won the lottery, you know, tomorrow, and I bought a Ferrari, or I bought, you know, something that's super expensive, super, you know, luxurious. How long would it take before I go? Oh my god, I've got a fucking Ferrari, and then before it goes, yeah, that's my Ferrari. You know, how long? How yeah. long? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and 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 then and then you go to Coles and you're like, fuck, or you know, somebody wants a lift and you're like, oh, I've only got two seats. Yeah, you know, like when, when that becomes a problem, when that just becomes your a nightmare, yeah. and you know, hotels in Sydney. You know, when the want... shine when the shine wears off. Yeah, how long before you just realize, yeah, I'm rich, you know, I don't, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, but I, I think I think that's the problem, isn't it, with materialistic things is they don't really have any value at all, you know? Mm. And I, 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 when I moved to Australia, because I'd been a struggle musician so long, I moved here and I started working in like our family job kind of thing. It's like my granddad, my granddad did a, my father does it, you know, still, still, this day. And then I got into it and the money was unbelievable, right? So then I started buying shit that I didn't need. 
because I, I I got paid and I remember getting on the train and listening to Baby You're a Rich Man, Baby You're a Rich Man. I was walking and, and you know, I had a few thousand dollars in my pocket and I was like, right. And then I bought amazing boots that look like an artist that's just painted them. You know, I spent a fortune on clothes and, and I did all that. But I weren't a musician anymore. Yeah. I weren't gigging anymore. So really, I was sitting looking at nice things with no passion at all in my life, just nice things. So that's why the passion aspect, I think like even, even with this, with West Underground, and I know, I know you've got aspirations, right? Because you're a driven guy and you are, and this deserves to be, you know, front and center pushed, right? But I know for you, that's not a financial thing. Yeah, no. If it's about money, I would have done something it's, else. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a, it, 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 if we get to a stage, right, where this is completely sustainable and we have Patreon, we have all, all these amazing people watching, right? And we're all part of this family and we're all on this journey. Then that's, that's, that's unbelievable, right? You do something you love, you never work a day in your life, right? To, to, to only think about money and things is when everything loses its shine, you know? Food doesn't yeah. taste like it used to taste. Yeah. You know, it's just... I think once you, like, maybe maybe that's the point of life, really, isn't it? To, like, have... You know, to be a daydreamer, like you know, like like Lennon to some to some degree, and you know, mm. facilitate it. And you know, like if you, like, I I sometimes wonder about that, man. And I think I see people that don't have passions in life, or don't have like, like if you're gonna buy shit, like look look, this is this is this is how fucked my brain is, right? If you look in the yeah. background, there is like one of these little pop vinyls I bought. Mm. So I bought one of these little boxes, right? Yeah. And then my brain is like, now I need to get, get now I've got this one. I need to get another one and then another one and another one, another one, another one. And, you know, and then I started a little, little, little fucking collection. And now I think I've got fucking too many, but it, you know, <laughs> I, I, if I, you know, <laughs> even, even when it comes to spending money, my brain is like, you know, just like, what not not necessarily just buying material things but just like becoming passionate about what i'm buying do you know mm. do you know what i mean it's just it's yeah just strange you know i walked away though i have to be honest from when we went to frankie's the other day and i was like yeah look i think i think i need to get a um i think i think a gucci ring would look good and i have to admit oh. i like i did a, i did a google search and i was like yeah, I don't want the owl one, but there's one with planets that looks pretty. No, that's a that's a that's a wolf. Oh, sorry, it is too. And it says it says loved on it. And it was a gift. But you know what the big the, the thing is about this ring? Yeah. I'm constantly worried about losing it <laughs> all the time. It's it's nice. It looks nice. I, I, I like this ring because my mother and father bought me it and they're like, if you're ever feeling low, just look at it. I love wolves anyway. And it says loved. And I go, oh, I'm loved. Everything's going to be all right now. Nice. But it's, I mean, 
it's hard not to like me saying oh like material things don't matter and they don't but you know you playing a Gibson right you playing a Les Paul that matters because of what it is you know so car people wanting to drive a Lamborghini yeah they're driving it because they fucking love that car and they're driving that for what that is, right? You playing a Les Paul, really, when it's like that, I know there's a huge financial difference, but there isn't a difference really because if that's what you're passionate about, then it doesn't matter what it costs. That's yeah. that's what you want, you know? It's yeah. different for, for like if you're if you're not a car person, which which I'm not really. Um, for me to be like, I would love a Bentley Sport. I like that car. I always think that's a lovely car. That or those G wagons. I always say, oh, I love it. really. Aesthetically, I, you know what I mean. But I'm not that that in love with the idea of. A G-Wagon. A G-Wagon isn't going to bring me that thing I've been searching for and we all search for our entire lives. Yeah. It'll just, you know, make me look good at the traffic lights. Yeah. Do you know what? If, I would... you're, a G, if you're a G-Wagon fanatic, that's your, that'd be your wet dream. I have to say, like, as much as it is a fucking bit of a wake, you know what car I would have to get? I think if I, if I had all the money in the world... Hmm. I would get. A, I think I'd have to get a Rolls Royce. Would yeah. I, I'd do it. I'll do it, and I wouldn't drive. I would just have it. I would. I would have a drive. Oh, if you had the if you had the chauffeur, yeah, if you had the chauffeur. Yeah, and I would start wearing fur coat. Alfred, Alfred. <laughs> You'd uh, see. He'd have to be a I, would, I would. I would go to Coles in my fur jacket. In you know, I'd wear fur jackets in the day. I don't know. Probably not real fur. I don't know. Paul's daughter, Paul's daughter does that now, doesn't she? She sells like fake furs and stuff. But anyway, I'd figure it out that I'd, you know, I'd want to, I'd fucking have a Rolls Royce, man. You know why? It would come back to music. It'd come back to fucking seeing John Lennon with one and Keith Moon in one. That's why I would have one. Mm. You know, I don't know, but I, I just think that would be the car that I would get if I had all the money under the sun. Yeah. I'd take a, a Kia Sportage, I think. I think I'd take the Rolls Royce. No, right. no, the, the Rolls Royce, definitely. <laughs> definitely the Rolls Royce. Definitely the Rolls Royce. Dude, could you imagine just like taking out your fucking Rolls Royce? So like just going for a, like, I, I would drive it to. I know, but everyone would go. There's a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Or a, or, or a, or a wanker. Yeah, but I would be like, it's my Rolls Royce, motherfuckers. Yeah. Where's your Rolls? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Tell him, tell him, Alfred. Like that's your, your chauffeur. Yeah, I don't know. I would be like, I, I, I don't know. I think I'd just I'd have to have it. I'd have to get a Rolls Royce. I couldn't. If if I became rich, I'd have to get. And you know who else had a Rolls Royce? Who bought one and went and bought Bentleys and stuff like that? Carl Sanderlands. And I was like. I understand that if you're like, you know, if you're poor and you look at like wealthy things in the magazines and stuff, and also like mm. you look at stars, man, it just is a fucking cool car. Yeah. It's like the yeah. ultimate and car. To be, on, to be honest, 
to be honest, like, if you're the, as, like, even, you know, we've come full circle, really, talking about, like, Elon and Pitbull yeah. and Bill Gates, like, Branson, they're, they've, they've owned everything else already, you know? Yeah. I met a really, really, really wealthy guy uh, at Glastonbury Festival a few years ago. So, at Glastonbury, they have these, like, elite campers in Glastonbury, right? And it's all, like, footballers and multimillionaires and all this, right? Because of the price it is to stay there. It's like, like £10,000 a week or something to stay in these at Glastonbury, right? Yeah. And I was there, and there's all these, like, footballers and, like, you know, super rich there. And I was there because my friend and his family, they're like family friends of a relative of this guy who's got all this money, right? And so we're there. And I remember he was talking and someone was like, what are you driving now? And he said, oh, I've got a Ford Mondeo. And this guy at this point was worth about 800 million pounds, right? And someone was like, why a Ford Mondeo? And he was like, it's a great car. Yeah. Because he's had the Ferraris and the Rolls Royces and all that, right? But he knows if he's out in that car, because he's like a well-known figure. He's, he's from Liverpool. Because he's a well-known figure. People go, oh, that's him. And, you know, and he can't take his daughter to school and like really simple things he can't do because eyeballs are on him all the time. So he's like, oh, I have Ford Monday. And I remember hearing that and I was like 14. And I was like, Ford Monday. But the older I get, the more I realise. Yeah. It's a car. To him, it's a car. He's, 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 like I said, he's not a car fanatic. So even though he's got all this money, all this wealth, the point of that for him is the A to B. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in saying that, Jack, I think I'd have a Toyota Corolla next to my uh, Rolls Royce. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. The Coles, the Coles run shopping car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because because you, you, you'd you only want that when you're in a fancy mood, like when you... When you when, when, when you... I'm, I'm feeling fancy today. Where's my Rolls Royce? Could you get it out, where's, please, Alfred? Alfred, <laughs> Alfred, where's my Rolls Royce? <laughs> You know, when, when, you know, and, and, it, and it would be a cool thing to just be like, yeah, man, once a month I take my Rolls Royce out, you know, just fucking whatever, you know, because you can. Because <laughs> you can't once a month. Yeah, I heard Rogan talk about Pay, Payday weekend, payday weekend, because that's the only time you can afford to fill it up. <laughs> that, that's what it'll be. Got this Rolls Royce, can't afford the red gel, can't afford the fuel. But on the last Friday of every month, boy, do we go driving. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I and then I that's, think that's like, that's why that's why they call it the Phantom. It only gets seen every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it'd also be a cool car to take people out in because it'd be like, yeah, man, take my Rolls Royce out. I don't care. You know, it's you'd take it out, take enjoy it. it. Yeah, just enjoy it. You know. 
That was um, you know, T Rex, Mark, he, Mark he, so yeah, his his missus. Was it? I, I think he borrowed his Rolls Royce to a band for them to use for like a music video, and then he was out with his missus in a Mini Cooper, and then he, he crashed and hit a tree or whatever, and. That story, when you go, she had a Rolls Royce and a Mini Cooper. Yeah. That'd be you with your Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. You know, well, you know what I'm. You know what I've noticed too, Jack. Is like I think people that don't come from money necessarily, and when they get money, are more kind, more willing to like sh- share things. For if you know, you're talking about the mm. detriment there of T Rex making a bad decision, but I think you can see, you know, what I mean. Like you. I, I say I'm more, I, I don't know, man. I, if I had rich things and like nice things, I'd want to be like, yeah, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to hold it? You know, do you want to touch it? If you're feeling fancy. Yeah. And I'd be like, you look fucking well fit with that sword. You know, do you want yeah, it? Yeah. Keep that sword. Yeah. You look good Keep with it. that sword. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Cause it could make you, you know, I do that now to a certain degree. I just give shit away every once in a while. And then I think back a couple of months later, I'm like, why did I do that? That was a really bad idea. Now, in hindsight, but are you like, oh, well. Yeah, well, see, like, my my old man, my like, my old man came from a very, very poor place, right? And he's he's very, very generous with certain things, right? For over a dollar, fuck, you like, so we'd go on holiday and we were in Spain, so we're using euros, right? And you'd be like, Dad, 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 can I have a Euro to play pool? You go, of course you can, son. It's your holiday, right? You get Euro, boom, play pool. Put the black straight away, lost the game, never mind, right? And then, you know, a couple of hours later, Dad, 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 can I have two Euros to buy an ice cream? Of course you can, son. Boom, boom, yeah, it is. And then in the night, I'd be like, Dad, Dad. Can I have, you know, a bit of money? I want to go to the arcade. I've just given you four dollars today. <laughs> it's my holiday too, you know. And he's he's so tight with things, but he gives me a hard time all the time about like being generous. But I like the pay it forward thing. Yeah, you know, I will. I do that a lot in coffee shops and things like buy a coffee. Because then the person behind you, I go like, you know, if you see like a mum in with a pram or whatever, I was like, oh, it's whatever, man. And then when you see that on people's faces, that's a really nice thing. Yeah. Not that I'm in a position to be so bloody frivolous. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice, isn't it? I, I'd, I'd like that, man. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Yeah. And it feels good. It's like a like a nice feeling knowing that you're doing yeah. something, making someone happy. Like I bet you, Kyle Sanderlands is pretty loose with his Bentley. Like I bet, I bet, bet he like. I bet, he, I bet he, he, yeah. Oh, just take the Bentley. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah. You know, and but have you ever? You know, I heard Ricky Gervais say this once. He said he wouldn't want his kids going to. Um, What's the, you know, he doesn't want to have kids because he doesn't eating, want Cambridge kids. Eating his, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's... But it's, not, it's, it's, it's not the kid's fault, though, is it? You know, this is the tough thing with, like, you know, 
if you all if you come from a dynasty, and you like, I mean, like, I'm talking really old money, or you know, if you're fucking Kennedy, or like now, if your grandfather is Mick Jagger, like that's not your fault. You know what I mean? But yeah. they are then going to these schools and like privately educated and all that. But that's not the kid's fault. But I, I, I is I always say to my like when if we and when we do if when whatever whatever that one goes, I'll let it be the call on that one. Be the judge. Um, if I would if I could pay for my kids to go to private schools, would I do it? And I think if you can pay for it. It makes sense if they are going to get a better education. Yeah. Just don't let them grow up to be arseholes. Did you go to 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 private school? I went to public, man. I went to both, right? I wear these scars like a badge of honor. I I started in public school and then I played football for a little bit. So I was able to kind of, you know, get into Catholic school. And then I went to like a Catholic college. And the biggest difference was, is you would, you would, you all of a sudden would like when I went to public school, you were judged on your character, right? And to some degree you were at public school, uh, private school, but all of a sudden, like, you know, things, material things that like different people had suddenly were more important. Yeah. Yeah. What to them or to you? No, no. To the kids at the public school, they're like my dad oh, okay. and my family. We did go in to do this, and it's like my family would oh, okay. do this, and it's like, well, my family were not doing that, you know. And that's a judgy thing now, mm. which was when we're in public school. It's like, yeah, like I don't. We none of us gave a fuck. Do you know what I mean about yeah. any of that shit? And all of a sudden, now I'm thinking about, you know, why don't we do this? You know, mom, dad, why aren't we mm. going to a holiday to California? You know? Yeah. And you start questioning things like that and you're thinking, is that better or is that worse or is that, you know, but it was just the only difference that I really noticed. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a funny thing, isn't it, with the school and thing, man, because like, like I say, it's not the kid's fault. It's just, you just hope the schools, my concern is like, I don't like the idea of teachers having to bow down to kids ever. You know what I mean? I like it when teachers are just straight up with kids and be like, nah, not between 9am and 3.30, your ass mine. You know, I, I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. Than a teacher being petrified of losing the job because I'm going to tell my daddy, you know? Yeah. I think when I went to... When I went to Catholic school, I think it was the only time I'd ever seen like teachers break down and start crying in front of the class. Really? Yeah, like really. That's like, evil. That's evil. Yeah, and and to and to some degree, like you know, in hindsight, now you're like, wow, that was really fucked up, and that poor teacher. But at the time, you know, everybody in this class is kind of participating in this teacher's misery, and you're you know, my brain is just like happy that we don't have to do fucking handwriting or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, loving, for that. I'm loving these. I'm just go drawing... for that in this Catholic yeah. school. Thank God for that. Yeah. I'm just drawing in my books, you know, drawing in my school book and just thankful that they're, that they're not, she's not coming around and checking me and getting me into trouble for not doing the work. But in hindsight now, later on, you're like, fucking hell, that was a bit rough, wasn't it? You know, mm. we shouldn't have been like that, you know? 
I think I think you can be forgiven for things when you were a kid, you know, because you don't know, you don't know better. Really, yeah, you, you really? How, how old were you? How old were you? Uh, this is in high school. We had a like had an English teacher that the, the the class would kind of terrify, and you know, traumatize, and and I would just kind of be like a to oh, maybe like 12, 13, and you'd be a willing bystander just to kind of cop the. The, the, you would i don't know man maybe i'd just look at like through the glass half full all the time and it's just like mm. yeah well at least you know the good thing about this is like i don't have to do my own work oh i don't have to do the work and i can just play on my phone in the background and mm. you know chill the fuck out and and lean up against the wall while everybody else is doing this in the front it's like but later on you kind of realize like, fuck man that was a bit rough yeah, but you, you, when, you, when you're a teenager, like you're not going to stand up and go, this is wrong, you know? Yeah, leave the teacher alone. And it's like, what are you doing? Hey, kids, leave them teachers alone. You know, like that's that would have been a terrible song. Yeah, and also at the time, you, th- you think too, you think, oh man, this teacher's a bit of a wimp, you know, like how can she not do that? But in your brain, you're thinking, man, you, 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 you know, you're a bit of a wimp, but Later on, you're probably like, nah, fucking hell. There's probably a lot of pressure here. Yeah. Fragile. Yeah. Like us all. Like us mm. all. And the other thing as well, like a lot of the times, like a lot of my friends are teachers now. Right? And I go, you? Like, I couldn't see that. You know? Isn't that weird? Because when, 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 when like, you're in school and you have, like, new teachers, they're just, like, my age now, like a couple, you know, a year younger or whatever, a couple years younger. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. I I had a teacher the other day because my work has schools around them and the teacher came in and she's just coming to get coffee or whatever and she's like talking to me, but I can feel her like, you know when you know when you can feel somebody trying to flirt with you? And you can feel oh. And I was like, miss, stop doing that. That's naughty. You can't be doing You know what I mean? Like, oh. <laughs> This little this this part of me which was like this this part of me which wasn't which wasn't up for it at all it was just like it was just like what are you doing you're a teacher you know oh <laughs> just my had, this, God, had this like little innocent oh, oh my. <laughs> I I <laughs> she had the school uniform on and she was like you know oh. like, she had the school uniform on. Yeah, but she looked like a PE teacher too, which I always found threatening. Oh, okay. I'd always go for the arts teachers. Was, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Or the, or the music teachers or, or, you know, any of those ones that would looked a bit, you know, like they were kind of... Jack, can you find that you can play gig sober and are your gigs sober better than the gigs when you've, like, got a bit of liquid confidence in your, in your arsenal? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you a story. So one night I was at home. And I was playing with my band at home. Our band, I should say. It was called Cabazudos, right? And we were very good live bands. And we were, you know, five lads. And we, it was like for Halloween, I was painting my face like the crow, right? Yeah. It was it was all going to go with leather pants on. Oh, fantastic. Anyway, um, we were supposed to go on at eight o'clock, right? And then... We went to watch a Liverpool game versus Leicester. And and then we got moved to nine o'clock. Ah, no biggie, whatever, right? But we're in the pub drinking pints of beer, right? And then we didn't play till 10.30 in the end. And I must have had about 12 pints of beer 
right? And I'm on stage, and I'm like, burp, burp, burping, burp, fucking, we, we, the gig was being filmed, we had like four videographers and all that, I was slammed, right? And my brother said to me the, the next day, he's, he's very, my brother Tom, I love him to bits, he's very, very critical of me, right? And he goes, you know, I'm your biggest critic that he likes saying that. I go, thank you. And then I just know it's going to come, right? But he was like, people go to shows sober, you know. So you're there and you're drunk. So you're like, ah, everyone's drunk. But there's a lot of teetotalers. There's a lot of people who've driven to the show, you know, like people who've got work the next day, you know, young kids, whatever. So they don't drink. There's a lot of people that don't drink. So if you go on smashed, you're ruining the you know their night because you think oh yeah great, but if they're if they're sober, you should be as sober as them. I'll tell you what I do now. I don't drink at all, and then just before I go on stage, I have a brandy and I'll sip the brandy because it's nice on the throat brandy, and then that'll be it. And then I finish, and then usually by the time I finish, I'm like. I want to get drunk now. And it's a yes. It's always a yes. But there's, there's, there's so, there's bands, there's big bands who I'm not going to name, right? Who I know for a fact drink honey and lemon on their tour bus, right? Ooh. Warming up before, right? Warming up, warming up. Walk on stage, bottle Jack Daniels in the hand. Because it's a gimmick. It's, it's like it's fugazi, you know. It's just like this is this is the way that that's the perception of rock stars. Yeah, also really, we've got more health conscious rock stars than ever before right now in the world. Yeah, but I I think at some point, Jack, like I noticed this myself, like I crossed over where where it was like I'm scared not to have a drink and play the gig. Like I'm just kind, mm. it, it almost became like. Okay, now this just this something that it does where it dulls you to a, to a certain degree where you almost like I'd, I'd never I like when you when you ten drinks they they you, you know, it's never going to be a good show but when you I always found that there was like you know the the first that that little tipsy stage where you're all giggly and shit mm. going on then and you know some part of your brain is like turned off you know to the, any any exterior thoughts and I was like yeah. I don't know how I could do it without that. I don't know how I could do music. Uh, the thing is, right. Uh, I, I, so I, I always say this to the lads. I'll be like, yeah, I have a couple of beers, but like, just, you know, leave it there. If you're singing, you shouldn't drink beer anyway, because just, you know, burping all gig. Because no one wants to see that. Um, you know, the what's the Jagger quote? I can understand. I can't understand why anyone would take anything to get themselves on stage, but after a show to keep the high, paraphrasing that. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know, man. The, the thing is, regardless, I know 30 seconds, usually 30 seconds into my first song, I've came out and I come out, as we were saying before, you perform, right? And I come out and I am not me for that first 30 seconds. I'm this character. I'll come out on stage 
And then after 30 seconds, you, you know, like I hate a chorus and it's, oh no, I'm here now. It's okay. Yeah. I've got this. I can, I can do this now. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the nerves thing. I've, I played one show once where I weren't nervous and it was the worst gig I've ever played ever because I weren't nervous. It's good to be nervous. Yeah. You know, it can be crippling for anxiety if anyone's out there suffering with anxiety. It is, it is actually good to be nervous because it means you're worried. It means that you want it to go well, you know? Yeah. If I, honestly, man, if I go in autopilot when I'm playing a gig and in my mind I go, this is going really well. This is going, re- I'm singing amazing. Uh, you know, I know all my words. This is all good. And then I go, oh, where are we? And I'm lost. You know? I've had that moment, man. Or, or have you ever seen something in the crowd that like then then suddenly your mind starts flipping or you see somebody kind of come in that you 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 admire or something or somebody said something that, that then has stayed in your mind and you're in a myth amongst the song and you've gone, it's just popped into your head and there's, there's that two couple of seconds where you're like, what the fuck? Where it where, where it? And then you're come. <laughs> how how did I get here? Yeah. 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 Well, to be honest, I I can never see anybody. Yeah. Because of the, like stage lights and stuff. It always makes me laugh um, when someone's like, oh, I went to see Bruce Springsteen and he, he smiled at me. No, he never. He smiled in a toilet. He can't see. Sorry, sorry to uh, to ruin that for people. You can't see a thing. Yeah, and I like that because I've played a gig once, and there was about nine people at it, and in my mind it was Wembley. Yeah, because I didn't, I couldn't see any, I couldn't see a face. You, you can't. You, I think you see like the outline of people, but you, you can't see the faces. Yeah, and like the really good showman you know like the really good entertainers just find a person or find a direction and when you have that moment and it is just like you know the lightning's change the mood's change you are just singing to one person yeah you know that, what I- that really it really does make people's days man you know i don't miss the lights man i don't miss the lights that make you the heat amazing. yeah i fucking hate that Hated that. I hated being on stage and just sweating my tits off, and just you can feel the just, just dripping in sweat. It's like a sauna. I, n- I never yeah. like. A lot of times, man, I would just I started to bring like longer cables into gigs and stuff just to jump off the stage and just get off the fucking heat because I just would start yeah. my hair trying it into AC. Yeah, man. I, I so I was telling you the story before about my leather pants, right? And um, I wore them and brow. I, I remember being backstage, putting them on, and I go on stage, and I'm like, what's that smell? It's just the smell. And I was like, no, it must be the toilets, or, you know, whatever. it was just a smell. It was just death. Dreams and hopes going down a toilet. I don't know. Um, and then... I realized it was me. And then there was people on the front row. And I remember being like, you don't want to stand here? I stick, you know? 
But I, I thought I'd get the elephant in the room out of the way myself. Yeah. Before people were like, he fucking stinks. <laughs> I don't want to be a smelly musician. I don't I don't want that tag. Yeah. I may sweat like a pig, but I guarantee for anyone who comes and watches me with the Grand Union is I always smell really good for a big sweaty hot mess, you know? Yeah, man. I always open have... water. Oh, I think there's. A, I always have like bottles of cologne before, before I, you know, just for that reason. Because I do yeah. always want to wear like long clothes when you when you're playing on stage for some reason. Musicians fucking hate wearing shorts. For yeah, some reason. I ne- I've ne- never, never like shorts, man. Yeah, never me like either. That. It looks fucking stupid if you do play. It's in a the- weird thing in Australia, though. Bro, we played a gig once and it was forty-five degrees outside, and I'm in inside. Leather jacket on, pants, fucking a scarf on. And I was like, I need to assess this shit. I think it only looks cool if you wear like football shorts on stage. Like, and then I don't think I I could get away with that. Just dress up like you're playing soccer or something or playing rugby and put one of those rugby things on. Then it looks kind of, you know, I feel like I look like Borat and that. That's the. My big concern. Oh, speaking of Borat, uh, I was telling Jordan uh, about going into, you know, Kiss FM and stuff. And he goes, he goes, if I walk in that room, I'm going to be like, king of the castle, la, 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 la. <laughs> do this, do this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, if we have to film West Underground stories, he's like, I'm half tempted to be like, la, 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 la. You'll never get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll you enjoy it, man. You'll enjoy um, it. King of the castle. King of the castle. <laughs> that's how I. Right, we, yeah. Are we calling that a pod? Yeah, man, that's it, man. We'll end with Borat, King of the Castle. All right, all right, man. Dude, that was awesome. Thank you, thank time, you. Oh man, we did about three hours. Yeah, I think this is the best long form podcast. I don't think there was too many moments that have to be cut. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, <laughs> in between the lines to pretty well to be honest yeah and then we'll do an interview on wednesday and then we'll yeah. do another one of these <laughs> i i, I awesome, also man. if you I'm can re- i re- really enjoyed that yeah that was fun man there was no direction but it was good because it just kind of was like a tree <laughs> it got to the point right where i was like i don't want to be seen to be vaping and I was watching, I was watching you for so long, and I was like, "Is he vaping?" And then you went, and I went, "Ha ha!" Yeah, because you know when I'm talking, you can do it because it cuts to me. Yeah, okay. so I'm just scared of it. Go, you, you talking to me? Just... <laughs> and it comes. Uh... You should yeah. do that in one interview where it just comes back to you and you're looking like you're in Cheech and Chong's, you know, in the van. <laughs> where it's only like Jack and you. <laughs> you know what's so funny? You know the way like people used to hot box cars, fucking weird, right? I think it's funny. Like when I'm in the car and I'm vaping. Years ago, you used to be like, oh, hot box in there. You know? But the vapor just fucking clouds everywhere. I need to get a less powerful one. There's too much going on. 
Yeah, man. Or you just, I, I reckon that in this generation, you could probably get away with carrying and putting a bong in your fucking, <laughs> in your center console and, and having a rip on it because police would drive past you and think that you just have a vape in your car. He's vaping. He's vaping. Yeah, leave he's him alone. He's got a vape. What are we going to do? He's vaping. At least he's not smoking weed. Next minute, you've got this big dragon thing next to you. Next, next minute. Next minute, you high as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> dragon strap in the car. Fucking up. Yeah, yeah. man, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Fucking hell, three hours. Yeah. Oh, the only thing I want, if you can shorten the air when we didn't get Al Rogers' name for five minutes, if you could get that shortened. No, I think that might be funny, man. Somebody's just yelling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fucking Rogers, man. Yeah. <laughs> One guy getting really frustrated about it, just watching the whole yeah. thing. I'm thinking, it's Niall. Niall Rogers. Niall Rogers. <laughs> just got it to his face. Niall. You know what we should do? We should have that as like a callback thing. So every now and again, we'll talk about, oh, what's his name again? Yeah. And anyone who watched that will be like, no, Roger, you fucking always forget his name. <laughs> you know that guy? Yeah, that, man. Did he play in Get Lucky? Yeah, he, he wrote Get Lucky. All right, we just got to make references to any songs that he's done throughout the other interviews and be like, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name again? Yeah, he wrote Get Lucky because he had cancer and they told him he were going to live. And then he wrote it about surviving. And then six weeks later, they give him the all clear. And he was like, the power of the song, man. <laughs> really, really cool, dude. Really cool, dude. Right? I'm going to bed. Me too, dude. I'm fucked. I've been up since five. I could have got to bed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, bro. See you later, man.